0: Good morning, I'm Ashley Ragsdale welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm the Executive Director of the Healing Words Foundation and I am filling in today as the Prairie Doc Radio host. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c, founded by Rick and Joni Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. That's 605-692-1430. With us today to answer our medical questions is Dr. Deborah Johnston. Dr. Johnston's specialty is family medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Johnston.
1: Good morning, Ashley, and good morning, everybody out there in Radio Land. It's good to be here on this brisk morning.
0: I was, t- I was telling Bob when we came in this morning, last, I was uh, fortunate enough to host last week while Laura was enjoying some downtime, and the sun was shining last week, and it was beautiful outside, and then today. Today. <laughs> uh, I have to remember that even though we've been here close to a little over 15 years, that we are, uh, fake spring was last week. Yes. And we have moved back to real winter. You know, I, I always get fooled by fake spring. I do, too.
1: It's that hope springs eternal. I'm always hoping that this is it, that we really are done with
0: winter. But... I get fooled. As someone who grew up in the South, I am used to uh, February kind of being the end of what is really fake winter down there. <laughs> and uh, thinking, oh, well, then, you know, we move on to light sweatshirt season. But not not the case here. So. Not, not
1: the case here. But, you know, I don't even have that excuse because I grew up in the upper Midwest, too. I mean, not here in South Dakota, but in Iowa, not too far south. And it was... Uh, I should know. I should know better. But I still always allow myself to get fooled.
0: I, I do rem- our first year that we moved here, it snowed in May. And I remember turning and telling my husband, I don't know if I can live here. <laughs> like This seems like it shouldn't be doing this this late in the season. So,
1: Well, well I I hope you've actually decided that you can because 15 years is a long time to make up your mind.
0: Uh, probably a little too late for buyer's remorse. So yeah, yeah, we're yeah. probably stuck here for a little bit. But we do love Brookings. So Dr. Johnson, Oral Health. That's our show this week. That's our show. That's right. Uh, why? But, but, you know, we
1: we actually... We have one more introduction to make. Ashley. Oh, yes. I'm yes. sorry. We have a we guest, with, have us a guest with us today. Introduce yourself, guest. Uh,
2: hello, world. My name is um, uh, Matt Billion. I'm a medical student following around here at uh, Brookings Family Medicine Clinic. And I'm here with Dr. Johnson today and excited to see what has to offer here at the radio show.
1: <laughs> so we' we're, we're going to victimize Matt here and and uh, see yes. see what he's learned in his first uh, first two years so far of his medical career, so bear with me <laughs> a little a little hot seat action a here little today. hot seat action that's yeah. right that's right <laughs> what, bringing back my own memories of being in the hot seat with uh, with the wonderful Dr. Holm and introducing me to the radio show so it's uh, it's
0: kind of fun to pay it forward. That's right. Well, you've got a uh, part of Dr. Holmes' uh, mission, and his passion was education. Absolutely. And so uh, with that, we uh, love having medical students come and join us, so that way uh, you can share your expertise with them, but also maybe in the future, it encourages them to do something like this as well. Well, and I also think that medical students
1: have a really unique and valuable role, students in general, um, as translators sometimes, because I think those of us who live in in medicine forget what is and isn't common knowledge um and i think medical students have a unique ability to translate for uh, people who don't live in medicine what we're talking about so i think medical students add a lot uh to what the patient gets out of the interaction too so so absolutely
0: great. a bridge there
1: a bridge, bridge. absolutely
0: So before we get started here, we're going to go on our first break shortly. We thank you for listening to Prairie Duck Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Give us a call now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. Again, that number is 605-692-1430. We will return
3: following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Lung cancer is the leading cause of cancer death in the United States. Cigarette smoking is the number one cause of lung cancer, but it can also be caused by other forms of tobacco like pipes and cigars or breathing secondhand smoke or being exposed to asbestos or radon. We also are concerned with people who have a family history of lung cancer. Lung cancer symptoms may include coughing that gets worse and doesn't go away, chest pain, shortness of breath, wheezing, and coughing up blood. Other illnesses that can cause these these symptoms should be investigated as well. If you have any symptoms, talk to your doctor. For help to quit smoking, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit cdc.gov slash quit. Your provider at the Avera Medical Group is a good resource to discuss lung symptoms. Call 697-9500 for an appointment.
0: Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Ashley Ragsdale, and Dr. Deborah Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430. So, oral health. Why is oral health important? You know, oral health
1: is... uh, very neglected in uh, traditional medicine in my uh, field of medicine and um, in medical school. Matt, did they talk very much about oral health in your, uh, in your training so far?
2: You know, um, throughout the three semesters of lecture, it uh, it's been touched on here and there, but honestly, not to the degree that I think it should be.
1: Yeah, I I think that's absolutely right. You know, the mouth has a big impact in our health. um, Certainly. I think a lot of people who might have artificial heart valves will know that their their heart surgeon wants them to be sure that they have an antibiotic before they have dental work, and some of the orthopedic doctors will really want their artificial joint patients to have uh, dental work and a pre-dental work antibiotics. And So I think most people have some familiarity with that, but a lot of people don't realize that, you know, uh, poor oral health Can really impact your health Overall it can contribute To heart issues kind of most Obviously infections In the heart valves but also um, Pneumonia Infections in the bloodstream um it, problems with the bones, particularly the bone in the jaw. Um, So it it really can make a difference. And then as I touch on my essay this week, it can also make a big difference for for social factors. You know, people who are embarrassed by their mouths and by their teeth um, just find themselves in a different place in the world than people who are lucky enough to have healthy teeth and a nice smile. So um, I think We all need to be a little more aware of that and maybe a little more aware of how to take care of our teeth and why that's important and why that's important to us as a culture um, to look at dental health on
0: par with physical health. And I think that's a complicated question, right? In regards to insurance, absolutely. Why um, our, our our dental care is not included in our overall health? Because our mouth is part of our body. Our mouth is part of Same our body. With our eyes, right? Why are we paying extra for those kind of thing? And you referenced your essay, and I was reading about <clears throat> the importance of oral health and everything before we came in today, and things that they talked about that you touched on. We're talking about lung disease, heart attack, blood pressure, HPV, throat cancer, headaches, diabetes, even a potential link to all. Alzheimer as being something that's affected with not taking care of your oral health. Those are a lot of things. Preterm
1: labor is a big one. Um, Low birth weight babies. uh, You know, it's, it has potential for impact across many, many, many different disciplines. And in turn, the things that I do as a medical doctor can really affect somebody's oral health as well. Uh, A lot of our medicines uh, increase the rates of tooth decay and mouth
0: disease and it gets to be quite a quite a feedback loop. Uh, so we did get a question in, and I will say it's not necessarily medical related, And um, but why is oral health and dental care not sufficiently reimbursed by insurance? And I know that's a complicated That one. is a very complicated question, and it's not one that I have a lot of
1: expertise uh, on yeah. at all. I think uh, reimbursement rates for all our health insurance. You know, I'm I'm a not only a health ins- health care provider. I'm a health care consumer too, and I know how expensive my insurance premiums are. I know how expensive my copays are, my deductibles, my my out of pocket max, which we meet most years. Um, and yet, as a provider, I also know how. Uh, marginal those reimbursements are, particularly for a lot of primary care services and a lot of non- Non-procedural services, um, you know, the the reimbursement rates are poor, and uh, I think that that's true for a lot of, of dental care and eye care and and all of that too. There's, I think, one of the challenges that we have is that over the last thirty to forty years, um, kind of the middleman cut has exploded in healthcare, um, both the insurance agencies and our insurance companies, I should say, Uh, one of the big things is if you look at the pharmaceutical company and there's pharmaceutical benefits managers and every layer takes their cut, uh, And some of those layers are really valuable and some of those layers maybe are less valuable to the consumer. Uh, And you also look at all the additional layers of administration and and regulation. And um, you look at the number of support staff, the number of support staff that that we have in my own clinic in the time that I've been here has just exploded. Um, And those people are all doing something. And if they weren't doing it, I'd have to be doing it. But it's something, a job that didn't have to be done apparently 40 years ago. So you've added an awful lot of uh, layers that are T- taking their cut uh, that aren't providing direct benefit. That's my personal take on it. I think it's a much more complicated uh, topic, and maybe something we should think about doing for a show next season. Talk it's about really why is healthcare be. so expensive? Yeah. Where does the, where does the money go in healthcare? We, yeah, let's remember that, Ashley. I will. I'm going to make it, I'm gonna about that. make a note we'll make about, about that.
0: About that. Uh, one of the things that um when I was reading about oral health, they talk about bacteria. So we, we're we're hearing about how it affects our um our heart and stuff like that. How how does that how do we go from mouth problems to heart problems? So the do you wanna field that one, Matt?
2: Yeah, I I can give it my best shot. Uh, so, you know, your body's connected through your cardiovascular system and your blood. And so when you have oral health problems, you have, say, a bacteria that somehow enters your bloodstream through an abrasion or a cut in your mouth. And they like to find areas that, you know, they they can grow in. And one of that those areas is your heart, specifically your heart valve. So they well, use the term they seed through your bloodstream and find your heart there and grow there and uh, tend to cause problems through that.
1: Exactly. And anyone who has had um, a toothache or a dental infection or, or whatever, you know that when your gums are inflamed, they bleed easily. Um, they're more fragile. So if you have uh Gum disease, if you have dental disease, that barrier between your blood and the outside world is more fragile. So uh, it's easier for that bacteria to take advantage of that and get into your bloodstream. And usually your immune system is pretty good at uh, cleaning those things out. You know, we all live in a sea of bacteria all of the time. And obviously, we don't all get infections in our heart valves every time, you know, you bite some, you bite on that chip and scrape your mouth or, uh, or you scratch yourself while you're gardening or whatever, uh, we don't all end up with problems. But when you have bad dental health, uh, that barrier is always under assault because it's always fragile
0: and there's always that bacteria living in your mouth. It is time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Duck Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. We will return following this informative message from Avera Medical Group.
3: Did you know that breast cancer death rates have declined 40% from 1989 to 2016 among women? The progress is attributed to the improvement in early detection. Breast cancer is most common in women, but can also be found in men. Anyone who notices changes in the breasts, such as skin texture, tenderness, lumps, or discharge, should be examined by their provider. Women are encouraged to have a mammogram every one to two years, starting at age 40. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Please talk with your provider about your breast health and other health concerns by calling the Avera Medical Group Brookings at 605-697-9500.
0: Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Ashley Ragstow and Dr. Deborah Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. With Matt Billion. Yes. The yes. second-year medical yes. student. Give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430. So, Dr. Johnson, we've had a question about the shingle shot. Oh, yes. I'm so excited about this. Um, this, you know, there has been a
1: shingle shot out there for quite a while now. We started out with um, a live virus vaccine that was kind of a more potent version of the chicken pox vaccine that we give to little kids um, because, as some people know, what... What is shingles? What causes shingles, Matt?
2: Uh, it is a virus. And
1: it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> the uh, varicella zoster virus, to be specific.
1: Yes. Yeah, so so uh, when you have chicken pox. That virus sticks with you Forever it your immune system Controls it but it doesn't go away So it lives in your nerve roots And shingles happens When that virus Wakes up in your system when your immune System kind of gets distracted Or isn't working so well if whatever. um, And the virus reawakens and travels down their nerve root and causes shingles. So uh, for a long time, we have had most of my career, we have had a shingle shot that was a more potent version of the shot we gave to kids to keep them from getting chicken pox in the first place uh, that would remind your immune system. And a few years ago, they developed a uh, inactivated virus uh vaccine. So, this is not a live virus vaccine, so more people could get it. Um and now it is a two shot series instead of a one shot series. So, uh it's a shot and then a shot 2 to 6 months later. And I always tell people I hear a lot of complaints about this one because it really does tend to make people feel cr- pretty crummy when they get that shot, Um, but not as crummy as shingles makes them feel. So it's worth it. Uh, And the shot is approved for people over 50. So I have had it. I was very excited to get it. Um, But for people over 65... Uh, payment was a little different. For most people who have regular insurance, it was not a big deal. So people over 50, 50 to 65 could get that shot at the clinic with no no real problems. But people on Medicare, it was a more complicated question. Uh, when we think about shots on Medicare, we think about our flu shot. And you can get your flu shot pretty much anywhere for free because that's covered by Medicare. But it's covered by Medicare Part B, as is the pneumonia shot. The shingle shot is covered by Medicare Part D, which is the drug plan. So some people's drug plans would cover it. Some people's drug plans would not cover it. So if you were Medicare age and you came in to me and you said, hey, I really want that shingle shot, I would send you to the pharmacy. You could get it in my clinic, but you would have to pay for it and then submit it to your Part D and they may or may not cover it. You don't know. Um, And it is not an inexpensive shot. It was about $250. And for most people, that's a pretty penny that uh, they don't know if they're gonna be spending or not. But now, after the first of the year, there was a new law that required your Part D plan to cover that shot. So, People who are on Medicare can go to the pharmacy if they have that drug plan and they can get that shingle shot and I would very much encourage them to do so. You may feel crummy for a couple of days or you may not. My arm hurt just a little bit. Nothing... mm, nothing big at all, Um, but some people do end up getting fevers and feeling real crummy and maybe even spending a couple days feeling like they have the flu in bed, but uh, you don't want shingles. So go get your shingle shot.
0: So doctor recommendation is what age should you be going up to get this?
1: Uh, Honestly, if you are under 65 and you want to get your shingle shot, you go get your shingle shot. It's approved ages 50 and above, so uh, you can absolutely get it, but if you are 65 and you have not gotten it, 65 and up and you have not gotten it and the big barrier has been the cost, you go to the pharmacy and if you have a Part D plan,
0: you're going to be able to get that shot. Do you feel like you're going to see I, I am old enough to, have, right. had, to have had chicken pox yes i i am too old the to only know
1: that the uh, only the only one in this room who is not is probably matt yeah. who yes. probably got his his chicken pox shot uh, in south dakota they started giving the chicken pox uh, shot routinely to kids um, in the late
0: 90s okay do you think you're going to see um, so i'm i'm over 40 uh, i i'm not i haven't hit the 50 age yet but uh, I'm sure there's plenty of people in my generation that had chickenpox. Yes. Do you feel like you're going to see more people that could possibly have shingles that need to be aware of this to make sure that they're going in to do this because of that virus? As opposed to this younger generation who's had a vaccine. So that is uh,
1: that does seem to be the case okay. that having had the chicken pox vaccine does seem to protect from shingles. Um, of course, it, Most people who get shingles are people in the older generations, you know, 50, uh, and the older you are, the more likely you are to get shingles. Uh, So the people that have gotten the vaccine haven't hit that age cohort yet, where we're really going to see the answer to that question, but I think most experts are optimistic because the uh, vaccine was a weakened form of it's a live virus vaccine. It's a weakened form of the chickenpox vaccine of uh, the chickenpox virus, so people are pretty optimistic that there will be less trouble with shingles as as that group as when Matt is, is 65, uh, <laughs> he and his mm. his colleagues will be less likely to have it and uh, less likely to know what the heck this
0: rash is. What about those that get shingles before they get the shot? Do you still recommend getting I do. the vaccine?
1: Okay, um, And I think that there's some debate about you know when to do that shot then. Um, and I think you're not wrong to get it as soon as the as soon as the rash heals, but that uh, outbreak of shingles itself has been a reminder to your immune system, a booster to your immune system. So there's also no harm in in waiting a couple years before you
0: get that that booster shot. Um, if we circle back to oral health real quick, yes as part of your essay, you talked about um, we know there's health risk, but there's also social risk too absolutely uh if we're talking about um, potential loss of job, kids missing school um, mm-hmm how else does
1: that affect us? So there are certainly actual economic costs associated with it. And anyone that has had to have a root canal knows that very well. Um, Anyone that has had to have a dental implant, anyone that has dentures, you know, we know that there are economic costs associated with poor dental health. Um, But there's also lost time from work. Uh, There are emergency room visits, there's lost time from school. So there are maybe less direct costs that are borne more by society and maybe less by the individual involved. Um, but you know, the, we as a uh, species are very visually oriented. Absolutely. So we judge people by, you know, what are they wearing and how is their hair and are they fat? Are they thin? Are they attractive? And we judge people by their mouths. And I think You know, that is kind of our surrogate uh, and it is very deeply tied in with socioeconomic class and, um, you know, the access that you had to dental care and was your water fluorinated and um, what was your diet like when you were young and all kinds of other things. And uh, I think... It is reality that anyone who has bad teeth recognizes that they hide their teeth. So, it uh, it is... A difficult place to be in in our society if you have crooked teeth or discolored teeth or missing teeth uh, and it can affect um, how well you can chew how what you can eat and people will often tell me you know I've got a toothache and how often I think everybody has had that experience oh that tooth is cold sensitive I can't chew on that side it hurts Um,
0: imagine having that be your whole mouth so it is it is a big deal. How many times do you see in the clinic um, where they come in? And I know for myself, too, like I know I grind my teeth sometimes. Yep. Or I clench my jaw. And it it leads to other things we're talking about. For me, it's headaches. Yep. I get immense headaches. Do you see a lot of people that come in where they come in with a different symptom, let's say a headache, that relates back to something in their mouth that is what's causing it?
1: Absolutely, that happens. You know, I think a lot of people will... You know, come in thinking they have a sinus infection and really what they have is a dental infection or uh, the example of the grinding the teeth is a, is a good example. Um, a lot of people will have uh, TMJ okay. that can cause that or they think they have an earache, but really it's coming from the jaw. So it is, it is a part of the picture of our overall health.
0: It's time for us to go to our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. We have just a few minutes left for you to call in with your questions at 605-692-1430. We will return following this informative message from Avera Medical Group.
3: Shingles, also called herpes zoster, is a painful rash disease. Shingles can lead to severe nerve pain called postherpetic neuralgia that can last for months or years after the rash goes away. Shingles is caused by the varicella zoster virus, the same virus that causes chickenpox. If you've had chickenpox, you can get shingles. Almost one out of three people in the United States will develop shingles in their lifetime. You can get shingles at any age, but it's more common in older adults. Older adults also are more likely to have severe disease. The Center for Disease Control recommends that people age 50 and older get the shingles vaccine called Shingrex. Set an appointment to discuss shingles with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome
0: back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Ashley Ragsdale, and Dr. Deborah Johnson is here to answer our medical questions with our special guest, Matt. So Matt, there is a, you have a shingles example.
2: Yeah, just to kind of emphasize the gravity of, the, the sh- of shingles, I'll just like to tell a quick story. So my wonderful, beloved mother, um, a few years ago, she uh, was diagnosed with colon cancer, and she's in remission now. Um, but with that, you go through chemo and your immune system, you know, isn't as strong as it, as it normally is. And, uh, during that, about after one of her cycles, she had an outbreak of her, of the shingles virus and how it works is it, it, it's harbored in certain parts of your body and is expressed throughout the nerves that are, um, expressed in that body so it can be in your hand it can be in your chest but my mother's was actually around her face and her eye and how it works is it it damages the cells around there because of the inflammation and the virus itself and she almost went blind because of it because of you know the expression throughout her eye and her retina and just all the all the different parts um she got lucky uh but that's not the case with uh every outbreak so just to kind of reiterate the dangers of shingles and something that can prevent it with this new vaccine that uh that is around. So just Abs- want to share that.
1: And I think that that's an important thing because most people, when they think about shingles, think about the blistery rash that's painful on their chest, which is kind of the classic location, but it can be anywhere you've got a nerve that shingles can, can travel down that nerve and cause those blisters at the end of that nerve, including in the eye. Uh, and it is vision threatening when that happens. So uh, if you have shingles and it, or you have a funky rash on your face, get that checked out. And people that have people like Matt's mother um, are certainly more vulnerable uh, when the immune system isn't working normally. But it can happen to literally anyone. So don't don't think oh it's shingles, it's an inconvenience. Yes, it is, but it can also be very dangerous and very threatening to your well-being. And Another potential portal for bacteria to get into your
0: bloodstream and cause all those same kinds of problems that we were talking about for your mouth. So lots of uh, uh, make sure you're brushing your teeth like your dentist says and flossing and doing all those important things. Uh, And before we go, please make sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. Tomorrow, February 16th, we will, we will be filming a new live on call with the Prairie Doc. Dr. Johnson will be joined in the studio by Dr. Alicia Hansen from Southwestern Dental in Sioux Falls and Dr. Brock Teedstrom from Prairie Sky Dentistry here in Brookings. They will be discussing the importance of oral health and taking viewer questions. So tune in this Thursday at 7 p.m. on SDPB or on the Prairie Doc Facebook page. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and will listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group, Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org and look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Johnston for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.